Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, this is probably one of my most important prolific shows that I've done over the last 10 years. And I'm so proud to have a very good friend of mine and her very talented uh, partner, Miss Jerry Wachter and Mr. Joseph C. Stillman, producers of the upcoming documentary, Something in the Water. And I must say that uh, Mr. Stillman is also the director of the film. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. Welcome, Jerry and, and Joseph. I'm so happy to have you on this program to really talk about what I feel is probably one of the most important documentaries uh, over the last five, 10 years for this country. Um, and we're gonna talk about that. But before we do, if you could share with our audience a little bit about your, your, your education background and experience, and then we'll jump into uh, something in the water. Sure, sure. Well, um, I'm a Texan from Corpus Christi who graduated from Brooks Institute of Photography in Santa Barbara, California back in the early 70s. I was fortunate to work in the motion picture uh, industry in Los Angeles for eight years and then based out of New York City uh, for the last 40 something years. And uh, my work has been, uh, I've been fortunate to work um, in news with CBS, but primarily in, in the documentary area and the motion picture area with some incredible directors, producers, and and stars. So, um, um, not to mention tremendous political and and important figures to the the right. you know this nation. So mm -hmm. that's been my background. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a graduate of Baruch College. I studied biology and sociology. Um, I actually started at Bard, but I trans transitioned and and went to Baruch. Um, and after a few years uh, working for um, one of the head diamond traders in this country for De Beers, I transitioned into publishing. Um, there was a demand um, for certain types of information that hadn't been made available yet for engineers. And um, after producing five, uh, oh, five major works, suddenly realized that I was in the business of publishing and stayed there for over 20 years. Um, and that's how I got to meet you. So, um, and the last number of years of my life, I'd say, you know, I've always been an advocate for, for equity for people. Um, I've often been a, you know, a person on the ground at the soup kitchens as an EMT, but the last number of years have really been focused on, on raising awareness um, and, and around diversity. Um, and, Something I felt that was kind of missing for the, from the conversation um, early on was a focus on, on socioeconomic inequities. And that's sort of what brought me to, to Joe because I was reaching out to heads of organizations that um, you know, their focus is on helping people who live in poverty. Um, and in one of the conversations, somebody said, I think you need to have a conversation with Joe Stillman. Um, small world, Joe happened to teach my son in a film class in a teen center that he had founded some years ago. So um, yeah, it was an interesting reintroduction. So here we are. Here we are. Something in the water. What was the motivation about to do this project? What brought it about? Well, I think uh, looking back, it's it, it, we are in a very 
unique period in the history of this country, I think. Many people have compared it to the late 60s, uh, where you had um, the death of Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy. You had a, the Vietnam War. You had the civil rights movement. Uh, this sort of coalescing of, of uh, events um, are kind of the situation that we're in now with the pandemic, a contentious election, um, um, an economy that is struggling, a lot of people out of work. Um, they're, 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 uh, people a lot are of despair. Yeah, people are hurting in this country of ours. And we thought um, um, at the conclusion of the other project that we were involved with, we thought, you know, this is really a very unique period of time. And we think that we might want to try to tell that story or have or hear testimony to people telling that story. And that's, so that was the motivation really, I think. Yeah, we, um, we've been working together on a poverty project for the last two years and have had you know, an intimate look at people's lives who, who live kind of under crisis each and every day. And realizing that more and more people are falling into that place right now, as well as um, suffering under, under isolation, um, you know, uh, people dying all around them, um, a lot of uncertainty. Uh, so we felt that, um, you know, while, while we're being served well by the media, delivering the news to it each and every day, there really haven't been enough voices coming from the people. And so we thought, well, let's, let's pack our bags and let's go out and listen to what Americans have to say. Um, the response was remarkable, um, very supportive. Um, every, each and every place we went, people um, were, were moved to have the opportunity to share their experiences under these particular circumstances. Um, and, and had so much to say. Um, so, you know, it really is a tremendous honor to be trusted with other people's stories. And um, as filmmakers, we feel incredibly honored to, to have that opportunity. So you traveled over 6,000 miles and you interviewed 75 participants in 12 states over a particular period, period of time. What were the key, I'm sorry? Yes. Over 18 days. Right? 18 days. What, what were the key questions that you sought to, to get answers to, to get, a, to get a feel of the fabric of what is going on here in America? Well, um, we started with questions like, what is America to you? Dis discussions around the American dream and, and did people feel it applied to everyone? Did everyone have the same kind of access and opportunity to fulfill that dream? Um, the election, we wanted to know well, what, what, what people were feeling about the two people that were running, um, the pandemic, the effects of the pandemic on them and their families and their communities. Um, it really was the Black Lives Matter uh, movement was uh, a topic that came up uh, a lot, but we essentially wanted to just find out what the concerns and the uh, fears and the joys of everyday Americans were. And so while we did have some general questions, a lot of times we'd say, you know, 
what what's on your mind and what what are you the most concerned about and that turned out to be probably one of the more interesting uh, questions that we asked people and the responses that we got were pretty amazing because depending on where each individual came from their experiences were different their perspectives were shaped by by the environment around them um, and some of the most fascinating for me um, moments were those when we shared absolute grief, like, like in discussions around racism and the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, we spent a good deal of time in the South on this project. And there were moments when we would be in the company of, of grown men who would just weep for the history that they shared, that their ancestors played in the, you know, the roles that they played in that and how they had spent their lives trying to reframe their thinking and how they tried to bring that to the world um, to, you know, to, to, to really shine a light on, on people who had been persecuted for so very long. Um, so that, that kind of shared experience was, was surprising, surprising and, and remarkably moving. Um, so among, among other things, I mean, you know. Yeah, we had, you know, one of the people that we had spoken to, um, he had lost eight friends to COVID, close friends to COVID. And, you know, he, he was sitting there talking about how he'd done everything that he could to protect himself and his family, but would it be enough? So, you know, there was, the, the, I think that, you know, there's a sense of fear and anxiety and, you know, about the unknown, you know, the uncertainty of, uh, you know, is uh, our government doing enough to protect its people? And, um, but, but, but then again, you know, we, we run into instances where there was tremendous examples of generosity and people helping one another, helping neighbors. Um, so it was, um, I think the, the, in some ways, we found that there were more things that people had in common than the things that divided us. And I think that was probably uh, the biggest surprise because there was such polarization going into this uh, period, you know, this, you know, month before the election and then the election, we were in Corpus Christi, Texas at the time, and then the aftermath. And, you know, we, we're still gonna be filming uh, in New York City and at the inauguration in Washington. So there's, there, we have a, an upcoming piece that we don't know what's going to happen yet. But um, so there's a lot of elements to this story that um, are yet to be told. But um, what we have so far has been uh, remarkably powerful in, in our opinion. And we, we made a point to, um, to reach as wide a, a, a group as possible, to have as much representation as, as we could. Um, and some communities, you know, like Cuban community in Florida, for example, um, suddenly, you know, we had plans to speak with a group down there and COVID had just taken over their lives. So, you know, we were doing this all through COVID, right? Trying to maintain protocols and ensure everybody's safety throughout all of this. Including our own. Including our own. And um, in, some, in some areas, you know, people really were just, they were living in such fear and concern that they couldn't let us in. Um, and 
so, but, but we really did, we tried to develop, you know, um, a game plan where we could have a fair representation of, of people from different backgrounds. So we, we went to an Indian, you know, a Native American reservation in Okamulgee, Oklahoma, and spoke to their chief and some of their, their women. Um, and, and, you know, again, another moving, I can't, I, it's remarkable how many times we, we were in the company of men primarily who were, who were brought to tears. When, when they were sharing their experiences about what was happening now in our country um, and, and its history and how it, it has led us to where we are today. Um, so did, they, did they happen to share uh, ideas about answers as to how they feel that America can begin to uh, address these issues and heal the wounds? Did they offer any ideas there or suggestions? Well, they did. And, you know, I think that one of the things that was um, pretty common is that a lot of people would say to us, you know, we need to begin talking to each other. We need to begin this dialogue because we, we've become so tribal that, um, you know, people just don't want to know or people just aren't listening. And, and so one of the things that we found uh, pretty interesting was the fact that, um, you know, pe people do want to find ways to heal a very fractured and wounded country. And I think people are tired of the, um, the uh, animosity and the, and the name calling and they, and they just want to get on with their lives and and do what's best for everyone. Uh, but I think that the political climate is such that sometimes it's hard for people to, you know, um, knock down those barriers to do that. So that was um, a pretty uh, revealing kind of scenario. And it, and it pretty much was across the board, don't you think, Jerry? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't know that it was one region or the other, but uh, we tried to be uh, to not take a position and to be a neutral party and to just be a sounding board for their testimony, uh, and uh, and that was the way that we approached uh, this film. And there's you know there's learning in this experience every day. Um, I mean even you know we don't always agree 100% in our politics and. And when you talk to the variety of people that, that we just spent so much time with, um, you can you learn so much more. I mean, if, if you can just open up dialogue, there's such an opportunity to develop understanding about the things that we really do have in common. And we care about our families. We want nutritious food. We want educational opportunities. Jobs. We want jobs. a decent place to live. We want something we can aspire to. Jobs, of course, are very important, but jobs that have meaning, you know? Um, I think, I think even, even those that were on, on completely opposite ends politically um, were, were willing and looking for ways to reach across the table. They wanted to know how can we bridge these conversations? What is it that's important to each and every one of us, you know? I mean, some people we spoke to felt like the American dream had served them so remarkably and others are still looking for that window of opportunity, you know, 
but the hope isn't lost completely. And, and, and to me, that's that sense of resilience um, about what can be in this country is, is really what makes us America. The and, promise of America. You know, um, and that's, that's so much of what we got from, from everyone, even, even people who come from groups that have been so persecuted and, and, and profiled and, and, and over, over, you know, hundreds of years, you know, have had to defend themselves time and time again. Um, you know, the, the black people in this country, the Hispanics in this country, the native Americans of this country, um, and, and right now they all, you know, they often, to me, they, they seem to have the most promise for, for what is to come. Um, so I'm, I'm remarkably grateful, um, for the chance to have these conversations and feel really hopeful about the future for America. During your time, were you able to, um, uh, interview folks at, in the state of Georgia, as you know, Georgia, right now is is very big in regards to the election that's coming up. I'm curious if yes. you were able to talk to some folks there in Georgia, what were some of the common threads that you saw there that you saw in other states? Um, well, the interesting converse, conversation we had in Georgia, it was particularly interesting um, because uh, there was a lot of focus on, on being able to participate in the capitalist system. That was some of the interesting conversations that came out of Georgia. Um, and we both, and it was actually, actually the only place where there, there seemed to be that particular focus. Interestingly enough, most of the people we did speak to in Georgia um, were a bit more right-leaning, if you, if you will. Um, but we're really talking about the opportunity for, for um, Black Americans to be able to really participate in the capitalist system in a, in a robust and fair way. And that's, that's pretty much what I, I came away with um, from my memory in those conversations in Georgia. Um, and we, we spoke to, we actually spoke to um, um, a political strategist there, you know, uh, not, not by design, it just, that's one of the individuals, that's, that's part of what they do and, and they were willing to, to speak with us. Um, but right now, the, you know, the South overall, because we were in Louisiana, um, Texas, you know, so Florida. we got, um, pardon? Florida, oh, North Florida, Carolina. North Carolina, right. We actually were in the South quite a bit. Um, and, you know, they, they just want to see some sense of, of whatever is normal anymore. I think, I think on, on either side, if 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 you feel served by either side, because there are those that don't feel served by by either side of, of the political line right now as well. A lot of young people, actually. I think people are exhausted. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that, that we saw was that people are just tired and they they want to get on with their lives. They they you know it's a, it's a, it takes a lot of energy to um, deal with a, a lot of extraneous you know, uh, noise, if, if you, uh, for lack of a better word. But um, so I, I think that, you know, the pandemic has complicated things for everybody. I think that the universally uh, it's impacted everyone's lives to, to an extent that um, was a really, was completely evident to most everyone we talked to. 
And so for this film, you are in the midst of a fundraising goal. I want to talk about that because it's very important. Um, can you can you share with us where folks can uh, go to 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 donate to 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 your efforts and how much are you looking to raise and what is your time period for that? Um, well, if people would like to get in touch, there, there are two ways that they can contribute. One is through our Indiegogo campaign, which they can find on our website at somethinginthewater.today, or they can contact us directly um, at our email, hope at somethinginthewater.today, or take a look at our website. Um, and, you know, the, the project will get more of their funds um, through direct contributions than through Indiegogo, just to make that mention. Um, and individuals who do contribute will get credit in the credits of the film as well. So um, it's, it's a wonderful way to bring community support into this project and, and help support the, the external post-production costs that we um, are not able to, to accomplish, you know, at our own desk. But sure. he can they, tell you more about the specifics of those post-production. Well, I mean, you know, any film that's ever done is, has been color corrected and the sound has been equalized. and um, there are a lot of steps in music that has to be purchased, rights that have to be bought. Uh, there's a number of things that um, a lot of people don't think about necessarily, but they're essential to a, a project because they give, um, they give sustenance to uh, an emotion or to a feeling or to a, a segment. And, um, you know, we've, I've been fortunate and to have a partner like Jerry to, to, to work alongside with a very challenging project. I mean, this is not the easiest thing in the world. A lot of times in the midst of this film, we did not know when we were going to New Orleans, for instance, there was a hurricane three days before we got there and we had no contact with anyone because there was no power in New Orleans. Uh, so even so, yeah. even so, we found an organization that the one place in town that had power who was willing to open their doors for us, and everybody came and met us there. So um, we, uh, yeah, it was it was it was remarkable. The 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 people that that made this film possible, which and this is about those people, uh, came through time and time again, and uh, we were so fortunate to have. Uh, 75 really incredible individuals who from all walks of life um, and, and you know Jerry has a way of, of interviewing people and talking to people where they they're willing to bear their soul because they know that she cares or we care uh, and we're not just trying to exploit them for uh, their story but we're really genuinely concerned about uh, what they have to say, and that, hence the title, something in the water, you know. Um, and so we were really fortunate to be able to be in this position where we could tell this very important story. Do you feel comfortable to talk about the title, something in the water, um, and you know, what do you hope it, how it will resonate with folks, or did you want folks to see the film and then from the film they'll be able to? derive their own meaning for that? Well, that's a good question. I, I don't know that we- He's the brainchild of the title. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I did a, a feature documentary film. I just finished 
two years ago called Citizen Clark, A Life of Principle, the story of the former U.S. Attorney General Ramsey Clark. And um, one of the things that I learned in the course of that project is when you have a film about an individual called The Life of Principle, you kind of, it sort of spells out what it is, but also, you know, it's a, it's a metaphor for other people's own lives and something in the water just kind of uh, piqued our curiosity enough that we thought it might pique others because there is something in the water in America. You know, there, there are a lot of things that are churning and stirring and, uh, and it's, it's a different thing to different people, don't you think, mm -hmm. Jerry? And, um, and so we, we just felt like, um, you know, the film will speak for itself, but we wanted, uh, we wanted it to grab people's attention, hopefully, to be able to uh, understand that regardless of how, how many differences we have as a nation, we do have uh, a lot of commonalities. And that was kind of the, what the surprise to us in the course of this, of this project. Believe it or not, we are down to our last few minutes. Um, I knew this time was going to fly by and I'm going to have you back on the program to talk about the next phase of the project. But one question I wanted to make sure my audience uh, is peaked for is when will, when do you think this documentary will be released? Well, we were hoping to finish it by, uh, by the inauguration, but that's not going to be possible because we decide to incorporate part of that into this film. We don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. It could be very, very interesting. Um, so, but I think we're probably talking about the summer, depending on whether we can get the funding uh, to finish. Uh, at least that's our, our goal at the, for, at, for the time being. But, um, mm-hmm. And Jerry, ahead, to your I'm point sorry. that um, folks can make direct donations to to the film, and they can do that yes. on your your website. Yes, they can contact um, hope at something in the water dot today or visit us at the website something in the water dot today. Um, and we'd love to hear from people. But they can also contribute through Indiegogo, which is the information is on the website. Absolutely. I just want to make sure that folks know that more money will go directly to uh, the production if it goes direct to the website. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, yeah. And we, the, the amount we're trying to raise and we, we on, on Indiegogo, we're saying we're trying to raise $25,000, which is actually um, a fraction of the total cost of a project like, oh, like yes. this. Oh, um, yeah. But it, it helps tremendously. Um, and it also allows us to engage others in the project, right. you know. Um, so, you know, doing doing documentary work like this is not everybody's calling. Um, and but but there are plenty of talented people up, out there who can bring their resources to the post production of this project. So those funds will help to do that. Absolutely. Um, what final thoughts would you like to leave with our audience about your your hopes and dreams that? Uh, something in the water will help America to achieve? Well, I, you know, my, my desire with this is to, to give voice to the people and, and through, through that um, and by introducing all kinds of Americans to each other through this story of America that um, we will find hope and, 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 and create um, and be inspired 
um, to come to the table and, and have a dialogue that can, and that can be healing as well as, as hopefully develop solutions together um, to make things better for all of us. Mr. Stillman? Well, I, Jerry said it pretty well. I, I don't know that I could elaborate much more than what she said, but, but I, I hope that it'll be a, a call to action uh, for people also to be able to realize that despite any differences that we have, we are still Americans in one country and, um, uh, you know, we can uh, and will uh, find ways to uh, get past all the, the polarization and all the, the pandemic will hopefully pass and, you know, we will heal and be on a path to that promise that we've all uh, aspired to in this country of, uh, you know, Learn to lead with love. <laughs> well, I think that wraps it up very, very, very nicely. I want to thank our guests, Ms. Jerry Wachter and Mr. Joseph C. Stillman, producers of the upcoming documentary, Something in the Water. Um, it's been a real pleasure. I want to thank you for coming on the program. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It was our pleasure. Pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up this week on Leadership with Darrell W. Gunter on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Have a great weekend, but remember, leadership begins with you.